I was deciding where I wanted to go with October's talks, a statement that the master teacher Jesus made over 2,000 years ago kept popping into my head. And it would happen when I was driving, and it would happen while I was trying to do my makeup in the morning, and it would just keep popping into my head. And that was weird because things he said don't usually just come into my mind unbidden without context. So um, I was trying to pay attention. And that statement is the one he made in John chapter 10, verse 10. And that is, I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, spirit. Message received. So that is supposed to be our theme for the month. So what does it mean? Before we can explore what Jesus meant, perhaps first we should define abundance. What does it mean to live an abundant life anyway? Lack of need, fulfillment, contentment, beautiful, joy, wonderful. So what did Jesus mean by that statement? I believe... He was telling anyone who would listen, I've come to show you how to create this for yourself. And I'll teach you the practices that will allow you to live an abundant life. Not just for some, but for everyone. And some of you may be sitting out there right now thinking, well, that may be just fine, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know the depth of my despair, my pain, my debt, my illness, my sadness, and on and on. Well, yes, I do. Maybe not yours specifically, but maybe. And enough of you talk to me that I do know. And when we are immersed in the midst of our pain and our debt and our despair, I know things can look pretty desperate. I know it can look like there's no way out, and you probably think this promise that Jesus made doesn't apply to you. Not in those moments, but it does. I assure you. And Jesus made mention of it in the first of the Gospels which appear in the Bible. There are four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in that order. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 13, it is done unto you. As you believe. We're going to kick off our monthly theme this morning with a question. Do you believe in magic? What is magic? What exactly is magic? I'm not talking about the magic we see on the physical plane where sleight of hand and props are used to trick us. The magic I speak of, thank you. It is the magic of spirit. The magic of taking what appears to be nothing, nothing at all, taking that and creating something out of it. I am talking this morning about the power of God through us to make a way where there appears to be no way. Now, before we get going, I'm going to give you a little homework assignment. And it's easy, I promise. I want you to take a few seconds of every morning before you get your day started 
And I want you to affirm to yourself, God makes a way where there appears to be no way. And really focus on what that means. Because affirmations are just a string of words unless you put some intention behind them. But that's the magic of spirit that I want to talk about this morning. We might even call it spiritual alchemy. Alchemy was the word for what came before chemistry. And it was based on transforming matter, usually some kind of metal into silver or gold. So today, this spiritual alchemy is about life transforming into its full potential. Your life, my life, evolving into its higher potential, its highest potential, expressing our greatest good yet to be, having an abundant and more abundant and even more abundant life. And I want to help you believe in magic this morning by giving you some images to help symbolize the magic in life. And you're going to have to use your imaginations for a minute. The trappings of a magician or a wizard of olden times are what? You've got the wizard's robe or cloak, a conical hat, and a magic wand. So let's use each of these items as symbols of this spiritual alchemy we're talking about. So the wizard's robe, what are the characteristics of this robe or cloak? It symbolizes being in the flow, being embraced by spirit. And as the robe enfolds the wizard, so it can remind us to enfold ourselves in the wholeness of life, in the realization that it's all God. The up and the down, the ebb and the flow, the ins and the outs, it's all God, all the time. Because leading a magical life, embracing Jesus' promise of an abundant life, it doesn't necessarily mean we no longer have challenges in our lives. It means that we look at those challenges from a different perspective, right? So believe it or not, oftentimes we can experience magic in the biggest way when we're going through a time of great sorrow, loss, or fear. Why? Because our hearts break open and crack our old paradigms of understanding. It shatters our limitations and outmoded beliefs. And people often ask why disasters, deep pain, loss, extreme circumstances, why they occur. Perhaps the questions that would serve us better are, What is there for me to know from this? How must I grow? How does this challenge open me to greater spiritual understanding and a closer walk with God? And I know it may seem like engaging those thoughts is unreasonable when you're in the middle of it all, right? But just in the last two weeks, I've had conversations with a few people about stuff that's going on in their lives. Everything from health concerns to housing issues to, I'm trying to remember the third one, but I can't. 
but I'll, I'll figure it out before I leave, maybe. Um, and what was really interesting is that all three of them said some version of, I wonder what I'm supposed to learn from this without me cueing them. So it's not as hard as it sounds. And what's even more fascinating is that all of them have been finding answers to that question, except for maybe the third one I can't remember. But I know the other two definitely have. New Thought author Eric Butterworth once wrote, if you are faced with a challenge, refuse to be panic-stricken. Life has not ended for you. Life flows on. Declare for yourself, I accept the reality of this situation, but not its permanence. Certainly there's no point in hiding your head in the sand. The experience is there to be met. Determine that you will meet it, but on your terms. Do not let the outer happening squeeze you into its box, but open your mind to the flow of wisdom, love, and good judgment by which you can deal masterfully with it. When we are met with challenges, the original blessing of these situations may not be apparently clear, but we can assure ourselves that As in the oyster shell, the pearl lies within the challenge. The problem is that when we fail to remember the presence, we can really get into what might be called the dark night of the soul. All of the darkness is because we've tried to bend the principle to fit the problem. So let's start today by working with principle to eliminate the darkness. Listen to the magic of flow and embracing the fullness of God. Here's Rumi's favorite, uh, famous poem, The Guest House, and it is truly beautiful. I know Rumi's been cropping up a lot, but I go through phases. This being human in a guest house Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. That's pretty big, huh? This is why I'm quoting Rumi a lot. So this morning... Let's use the image of a wizard's robe to symbolize being in the flow and embracing the fullness of life. As the robe enfolds the wizard, so it can remind us to enfold ourselves in the wholeness of life, in the realization that it's all God. The up and the down, the ebb and the flow, the ins and the outs, it's all God. Second piece. They wear the conical hat, right? 
What better way to symbolize our connection to spirit than with a tall pointed hat? The alchemy of spirit, or magic, happens when we shift out of error thinking that this physical world is our source into the realm of infinite possibilities when we consciously connect with God. When we realize that God is our source. God is the source of love, of peace, of harmony, health, prosperity. God is the source of all. Spirit works through all of it. In the Science of Mind on page 535, Ernest Holmes says, the substance of spirit is my daily supply. That's exactly what he's saying. All of this around me is the substance of spirit. In our world of form, I know it doesn't appear that God is the essence, the source of all our good. It appears that people, places, things, circumstances, and conditions are. In our human experience, the channel through which the universe supplies our good appears to be the source of our good. So our jobs, our investments, our pensions, our mates, they all appear to be the source of our good, right? But they are not the source. They are only channels. All of those things are avenues through which God works. But God works through many, many, many avenues So in order to be truly abundant, we absolutely must have a shift in consciousness to realize that there is only one source of our supply, and that source is correct. So the conical hat symbolizes the magic that happens in our lives when we stop looking outward, which can appear to be quite lacking, and we start looking upward. God word into that super consciousness I keep talking about where all the good stuff comes in. That's where all the infinite possibilities reside. So what is surrounding you that you are missing because you're paying attention to the limitations that you've learned to accept as real? Think about that question. It's a big one. It it hit me pretty hard right then. What is surrounding me that I'm missing because I'm paying attention to the limitations that I've been accepting as real? So let's use the wizard's conical hat as a symbol to turn away from limitation, from the idea of what's missing and to connect with the source, the infinite source of all abundance. And the third tool of the magician is the magic wand. And the magic wand symbolizes the transformative power of living from our spiritual truths. Why? Because living from spiritual truths is like waving a magic wand over a situation. It gives us the ability to magically transform any situation. Living from spiritual truths changes our world by changing us. Every circumstance or condition in your life that has been created by a false belief 
can be healed and transformed by the awareness of truth. New Thought Minister Reverend David Owen Ritz in his Keys to the Kingdom course material states, a greater idea will always heal a lesser one. And I want to give you three greater ideas, three abundance truths from his Keys to the Kingdom materials. And these, if lived from, will be like a magic wand in your hand. So abundance truth number one, abundance is a here and now reality. We live in an abundant universe surrounded by lavish abundance. Can you count the grains of sand on a beach, the stars in the heavens, or the different shades of green in your own backyard? Probably not. Everywhere you look, God as nature is expressing itself in endless variations and with unlimited beauty. The abundance of life is often overlooked because we easily confuse the truth of abundance with the temporary facts of life. The fact may be that you are temporarily experiencing lack or limitation. The facts change. The truth does not. And the relationship between the truth of universal abundance and the facts of our sometimes limited experience is much like the relationship between light and darkness. Light is a universal reality, yet you can experience darkness by blocking out the light. You can create a temporary condition that seemingly defies the greater truth. Do you remember one of the inspirational readings from last week? It was from the Science of Mind on page 411. It said, the light is greater than the darkness, nor has the darkness any power over the light. The darkness is the great denial of the light. But it really did not deny the light, for where the light was, darkness was not. By merely bringing in the light, the darkness vanished into its native nothingness. Even from a scientific perspective, light is real and darkness is not. You can measure the speed of light. You can quantify its physical presence as waves or photons of light. You can turn on a light bulb, but can science measure the speed of darkness? Can it quantify its physical presence? Can it turn on a darkness bulb which will remove light in a room? Of course not, because darkness has no physical reality. It is merely the absence of a very real energy called light. And so it is with lack and abundance. Abundance is a tangible spiritual reality. It is the energy of God in action. We can and certainly do block it out of our experience sometimes, but it never ceases to be. Abundance truth too, just like light, and we spoke about this last week as well, just like light, abundance is inexhaustible. That's another thing we talked about. Do you remember? We have a false belief that there's only so much to go around, but the truth is that creation is an ongoing activity of spirit. 
Spirit is continually expressing itself by making things out of itself. Take, for instance, some of the expressions that are observable through nature. There's flower seeds that germinate, grow, bloom, seed themselves, die, and then the process starts again and again and again. Stars and galaxies do the same thing. Everything, everything is a part of the ongoing creative process. So abundance is inexhaustible because the flow of spirit is ceaseless. Whatever we may spend, lose, or give away today can be replaced tomorrow, perhaps with something even greater, definitely with something greater if we have had an expansion of consciousness. Excuse me. Abundance truth three is everyone deserves abundance. And I like this one. We live in a universe of infinite possibility, and there is more than enough for all. You deserve abundance, and it is Spirit's good pleasure to give it to you. You were made in the image and likeness of God. So who are you to say you don't deserve it? Your abundance does not have to wait for humanity to erase poverty from its collective consciousness. You can help the planetary process along right now by healing your own inner consciousness of all belief in lack and limitation. By doing so, you become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Every mind that lifts itself up to perceive the infinite abundance of life adds a greater energy to the planet and makes abundance for all a bit more possible. From the Science of Mind on page 301, thoughts of failure, limitation, or poverty must be counted out of your lives for all time. God has given us a power and we must use it. We can do more towards saving the world by proving this law than all that charity has ever given to it. So let the magic wand symbolize for you the transformation power, the transformative essence of living from those three spiritual truths. I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It might seem like referring to Jesus as a magician would seem sacrilegious or irreverent, but Jesus was a spiritual alchemist. He came to show us how to evolve, how to transform into our highest potential. How to express our greatest yet to be. I'm going to have some volunteers pass out a special gift to you now. And earlier, I told you that I wanted to help you see the magic available to you by giving you some images to help symbolize magic in life. And I use the trappings of a, of a magician or wizard as our symbols. And I really want you to see and remember. So as I put on each piece, I invite you to believe in magic by remembering that the wizard's robe, the wizard's robe symbolizes being in the flow, and embracing the fullness of life. So as the robe enfolds me, 
So it reminds us to enfold ourselves in the wholeness of life. The ups and the downs, the ebb and the flow, the in and the out, knowing that the alchemy of spirit is always present no matter what. Now from the insert, the smaller one with the the least words, the insert in your programs, please say the first point out loud with me. Today, I create magic as I live in the flow and embrace the fullness of life. The second piece was the conical hat. And this was the closest I have. You might recognize it. And it is getting in my face and probably doesn't fit my head. But that's okay. We're going to pretend that it does. We're going to smush it on. The conical hat is a symbol to turn away from the limitation, from the idea of what's missing, and to connect with our higher source. Pretend it's pointing up. The infinite source of all abundance. And now I want you to speak the second point on that card and say it out loud with me. Today, I create magic as I connect with God as my source. And finally, our last piece is the magic wand. Now, I imagine the wizards of old may have used something like this. Isn't that awesome? That is selenite. So, the magic wand is a symbol of the transformative power of living from spiritual truths. So, say point three with me, please. Today, I create magic as I practice spiritual truths. And now, I want you to point your wands, which incidentally are pencils, if you sharpen them. Yes. So there's magic inside the wands. So first, I want you to point your wands up here and say the third point on that insert. Today, I create magic in my life. Oh, you didn't do it right. Do it again. Today, I create magic in my life. Good job. And then we're going to do it one more time. Mean it this time. No more flubs. Ready? Today, I create magic in my life. Thank you, God. And so it is.